Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 447, and today we are talking about books being released on January 23rd, 2024, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Tears of hello! Hey there! So, we were talking before we started recording, and it's a lot more quiet now. I kind of miss your dogs. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I talk enough, they might come running back into their room. Um, <laughs> they're just like, oh my God, you're home. Oh my gosh, let us out. Okay, now we have a ball. Now you need to have the ball in your lap. And I was like, okay, you guys got to calm down. Is that what they were saying? I thought they were like, I want to be on the podcast. I read so many books. I have so <laughs> many things to tell you. Yes, they do listen to um, my audiobooks with me. So, you know, yeah. they, they've, they've listened to a few books. Um, not sure what their favorite genres are, though. Do you cover their ears when there's some naughty bits? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, guys, guys, this is not appropriate for children. Go on. Yeah, like in dog ears, it probably is. Yeah, right. They, they are getting <laughs> up there. My my puppy is almost two. So he's oh, no. he's a grown, grown boy. Oh. While we're talking about this. Farouk is outside my office door yelling now. He's like, wait, are we letting animals on the podcast now? He's like, I called Tibbs. Yeah. I've been here from the beginning. Yeah. He's so big. Like, it's it's amazing. He doesn't just come through the door like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, my gosh. He's so big. Um, So, yes, we are here to talk about books. Before I do that, I want to say that today's corresponding area code to episode 447 is Springfield, Illinois, which is the state capital. I've been practicing my capitals lately. I feel like I have lost a lot of the thing knowledge, like the things that I knew when I was a kid. Like I used to know all the state capitals, all the presidents and their vice presidents in the years that they were in office. And just like stuff that like, do I need it now? Probably not, except when <laughs> I'm watching Jeopardy. But it, I don't know. I found it very distressing recently that I didn't remember these things or like all the countries in the world and all this stuff. So I bought a bunch of flashcards. So I've been doing flashcards. And uh, so I do know for a fact that Springfield is the capital of Illinois. But where Springfield is in The Simpsons, nobody knows. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Were you good at, like, memorizing things? Oh, yeah. I loved memorizing, like, the state capitals. I don't think I ever memorized all the presidents and vice presidents. um, But, like, all the countries and, like, like, name me a continent. I can give you, like, all the countries in that continent. Like, I, I definitely excelled at those types of like memorization and now if you were to ask me I'm like "Mm, no can't can't (laughs) yeah and it's not a big deal that that like we forget we naturally forget things as we get older it's just like something for me to do like I think it's good to keep my brain active and thinking about other things and you know but I mean when I was a kid I learned all the presidents and the vice presidents because when my parents were in school my dad you had to learn either all the presidents and the vice presidents or the Gettysburg Address, when you were oh in gosh. detention, they made you learn these <laughs> things in detention and you had to come back every afternoon until you could do it. 
And oh it's like, gosh. so I learned all the presidents and vice presidents to impress him, you know. But I mean, like, wow. <laughs> you know, I can't even do the intro to the show without reading the notes. <laughs> and, you know, he's like reciting the Gettysburg Address, which he probably can still do to this day. Um, it's just wild. Just yeah. Wild. It's it's funny, too, because like my mom, she talks about how when she was in school, she had to memorize um, a soliloquy from Shakespeare um, and then she memorized like the opening soliloquy from Romeo and Juliet and she can still recite mm-hmm. it to this day. And yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, she, she was like, did she learn that in like high school? I'm like, I am an actual English major, like went to college, took Shakespeare classes. And I'm like, I can't do that. So, uh, it's funny, like what sticks with us, but then mm-hmm. like other things just like fall right out of my brain. And like, you don't even realize it until you turn around one day and you're like, I used to be able to do this and now I can't. Like, oh my God. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. I think a little refresher is good. But also, like, why Why did she have to learn that? Like, really? For what? Was she in the play? Probably right. not. Like, why Why did they make kids do these things? Probably for the same reason that we used to have movie day, because the teacher just didn't want to deal with right. us that day. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how to make you understand Shakespeare, but I will have you memorize a soliloquy, and then, you know, people will be impressed. I don't know. Yeah, party trick. So... Speaking of Shakespeare, well, actually not at all, but books, um, we're going to talk about them. First, we want to let you know that 2024 is the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge. You can join us as we make our way through 24 tasks meant to expand our reading horizons and diversify our TBRs. To get book recommendations for each task, sign up for the Read Harder newsletter. We'll also keep you informed about other cool reading challenges, readathons, and more across the bookish internet. If you become a paid subscriber, you get even more recommendations, plus community features where you can connect with a community of passionate, like-minded readers in a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. Visit bookriot.com slash read harder to sign up. That's bookriot.com slash read harder. And we're going to talk about books after we hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. So this book I'm about to tell you about might be the next book talk, darling. It's a high octane fantasy adventure filled with risk, romance, action and sweet vengeance. In it, there are five liars who have five agendas, but only one target. So in Five Broken Blades from author Mae Corlin, the five most dangerous liars in the land have been mysteriously summoned to work together for a single objective, which is to kill the cruel God King June. Each has tasted bitterness from the hired hitman seeking atonement to the lovely assassin dreaming of freedom to even the prince exiled for his own crimes. This is a high stakes game of treachery where the vengeance is sweet. The secrets are delicious and each page deepens a journey that will keep you guessing until the very end. This also has themes of friendship, found family. You got a little bit of everything in this. Make sure to check out Five Broken Blades. And thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Skye. Bone familiar Rosie spends most of her days in the Bone Forest, hiding her powers to avoid conscription by the Witch King's army. But when she saves the life of Princess Shaw, she's offered the chance to attend the prestigious school Witch Hall. And at which hall, Rosie finds herself embroiled in political games she doesn't understand. Shaw wants Rosie as a partner to help lead the coming war. Meanwhile, all Rosie wants is to stay out of trouble, but she can't really deny her attraction to Shaw. So the question is, 
Will Rosie give in to her destiny, or will the Bone Forest call her home once and for all? Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Sky is for all the magic school lovers. This immersive magic school is full of witches and familiars. It's also a queer normative fantasy world with a sapphic slow burn romance like we love. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Sky for sponsoring this episode. All right. I hope you're all buckled in because all of my picks today are murdery and or very grim but awesome nice (laughs) so i thought i would go with just like the straight up thriller first and like work my way into the really depressing stuff so this one is no one can know by kate alice marshall i am a fan of her ya books i loved her first thriller for adults last year what lies in the woods i talked about it on the show and i enjoyed this one just as much It's a story of murder and secrets between sisters. At the very beginning, the parents of Juliet, Emma, and Daphne are dead. Like, we know they've been murdered horribly. The three girls are in the room with their bodies. And then the book goes forward and then backwards and forward and backwards in time between the three of them. Now, as adults, the three of them no longer talk. As children... We know from the beginning that they had things that they were hiding. There were secrets in their family. But do these things have anything to do with the murder of their parents? No one was ever arrested for the crime. But the police think that Emma is responsible. She was the middle child. She was the wild one. She was the one that wore all black. They've decided she must have had something to do with this. Now she's grown and married. And at the start of the book, unfortunately, everything is going wrong in her life. Uh, So she and her husband have no other option but to move back to the house that they all grew up in, which has been empty since her parents were murdered. They all own it, the three sisters in a trust. They've never done anything with it. It just sits there. So they decide to move back in. Meanwhile, her sisters, Juliet, who now goes by JJ, and Daphne are worried that Emma has ulterior motives for returning. Like, does she know something? Did she do something? Is she looking for something? You know, but we as readers don't know if this has to do with the murders or the other secrets or something else. It's a really fun thriller. It keeps you guessing all the way to the end. I really enjoy these kinds of thrillers and mysteries about family secrets that take place in the relatively recent past or in you know present day because i think they are really hard to pull off now like 30 50 100 years ago you could write a murder mystery and people would have these kinds of secrets like a family member killed another family member or they murdered someone else and somebody in the family knows or they think they saw something and they would keep these secrets but also there was no dna evidence no fingerprints no cell phone tracking no video cameras to be caught on no social media to discuss it you know like now All those things exist, so fewer people get away with these kinds of things. You know, you can write a historical mystery today and get around some of them, but we as readers now also know a lot more about the world and how science works. So, you know, like the solution can't be that the person was using ventriloquism. Uh, Sorry to spoil a 225-year-old American novel for you, but (laughs) that's, you know, the truth. Um, So you, you really, I feel like authors really have to work at present day murder mysteries now to be able to successfully pull them off. And Marshall is great at it. She knows just how to unspool just enough 
in each chapter that you're like, oh, wait, maybe it was this. Maybe it was that, you know, and, and it's great. I do want to give content warnings for so many things, including child abuse, violence, injury, serious illness, miscarriage, murder, and gore, substance use, disordered eating, gaslighting, and homophobia. This is No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. Awesome. And I keep meaning to pick up a Kate Alice Marshall book, um, and ooh, that one sounds really good, so that might be the one. Okie doke. So my first pick is Radiant Heat by Sarah Jane Collins. It is an Australian book. Um, and it is about a woman named Allison. She's in her early 30s. She is a fairly successful artist. She's a painter. And she lives in this really small town in Australia. And the book literally opens with her crouched in her bathroom on the bathroom floor with a wet wool blanket over her as a wildfire rages around her and she's not sure if it's going to catch her house on fire and like burn down with her in it like she's she truly doesn't know if she's about ready to die or not um but then the wind shifts the wildfire moves away um, she manages to, um, you know, come out of it alive. Her house is a little bit damaged, but mostly still standing and she, she is okay. And it's like a really close call, like to the point where like, if she looks out her front door, like one half of her yard is absolutely cinched and scorched to nothing. And then the other half of her yard is like perfectly fine. So obviously very scary, traumatizing. Um, and so her car is burned out. So she starts to walk down her very long driveway, hoping to get to the highway and hitch a ride in town because there's no electricity, there's no water, like the fire has really damaged a lot of things. And as she's walking down her really long driveway, she comes across a... Um, a tree that fell in front of her driveway. And on the other side of the tree is a car and inside the car is a woman and the woman is dead. And it doesn't look like she got caught in the fire, but like perhaps the radiant heat killed her. So like, which is something, I mean, it makes sense, but I guess I never really thought about this. I learned this while reading this book. If, if a wildfire is so hot, like you can be like, a few hundred feet from it but like the heat of it will like if the wind shifts and pushes the heat in your direction like it can just instantly kill you um terrifying um and that's what's why the book's called radiant heat but um so she goes and she's like really horrified like obviously this woman was like on her driveway possibly coming to her house to like seek refuge from the wildfire trying to outrun it and she died and so she is trying to figure out who this woman is because she doesn't recognize her so she like is going through her purse to see if she can find an id and she finds a piece of paper with her name and her address on it like allison's name and address and she's like um why is this person coming to see me and it really like freaks her out and also what freaks her out is once the police arrive and they start looking they're not entirely certain that the woman died of radiant heat like maybe she was murdered and it was made to look like she was perhaps killed by the fire um so this um sets off this chain of events where allison is trying to figure out who this woman is and what their connection is like why she was coming to see her and she's got of course this shady past that she has been running from and when she discovers the reason why the woman came to see her she definitely does not want anybody to know that there's a connection between the two of them so um it, it sort of sounds like it's like a thriller mystery. I would say it's more on like the literary end. Like it's not like there's some definitely thrilling moments and there is like this mystery plot. Um, but it 
sort of felt like a literary book more than like a, a fast paced thriller. And I really liked it. I thought that the setting and everything was really interesting. Um, it's just, yeah, it was really compelling. I like books set in Australia. I'm, I'm just always intrigued by those settings. So this one was really good. It is Radiant Heat by Sarah Jane Collins. It sounds very Jane Harper. Yes, very Jane Harper. So if you like Jane Harper, I think you'd like this book. I'm going to have to read it. Okay, my next pick for today is called Martyr by Kave Akbar. I want to start by letting you know that when I talk about this book, it is going to include descriptions of some really heavy subjects. So I just want to give you a heads up before I start, um, because this is a novel about a man who wants to die. That said, it is also a beautiful, funny, wonderful novel and one of the best that I have read this year. Kave Akbar is a well-known and well-respected poet. This is his debut novel. It is about an Iranian-American poet named Cyrus. When we first meet him, he is an alcoholic and a drug addict. He is suicidal. He is despondent. He thinks he is a bad person and he wants to die. It goes forward in time a couple of years, and now Cyrus is seeking help for his addictions. He attends meetings, and he is working as a medical actor. Um, Leslie Jameson, if you read the empathy exams, uh, discusses medical actors. Like he goes to help train young doctors. They are supposed to, they'll say like, today you are a 74 year old woman, you know, who has just been diagnosed with this and you're going to behave in this way. Like you're going to be sad or you're going to freak out or, you know, and the doctors have to respond to them on camera. Um, as if it was like a real thing that was happening. Like they were talking to a real patient to get them ready for these kinds of things. Um, so that's what he's doing, but He's still missing something from his life. He doesn't think the program is is doing it. He doesn't have faith like he thinks that he should. Um, he doesn't have, you know, he no longer believes in the faith of his culture, of his religion, uh, in the program. Like I, I think I already said that. Um, and he still thinks he's a bad person. Cyrus grew up in the U.S. with his father. They moved there from Iran after his mother was killed when he was a baby. Um, this part is based on an actual horrific real incident uh, from the 1980s in which the U.S. shot down an Iranian passenger plane, killing hundreds of people. Um, so they moved to the United States. His father, who is gone now as, as he is an adult, um, but when they, he was young, his father took a job and led an unhappy life working on a chicken farm. So Cyrus wants to die, as I mentioned, and this leads him to an interest in martyrs. You know, not just so much people who died, but he wants to know what that is like to have like so much faith in something that you're not afraid to die. And he begins, you know, learning about them. And his mother also had a brother uh, who had an unusual job during the Iran-Iraq war. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it was because I couldn't find any information online, like in a quick search, like if it was a true thing that people did. and. It was so interesting that I'm glad I didn't read a description of the book before I read the novel. Um, and so he has this uncle who did this thing. His uncle now has what we know as PTSD. Um, and Cyrus is interested in learning about him uh, because he never knew his mother and her brother did. So he's going to learn more about their family. This book is not just told from his perspective, though. We also hear from several other people including his parents. So 
as is true with all things, we get to hear other people's memories and takes on events that might differ from what people believe or remember themselves. I thought it was just remarkable. Like for such a heavy book, it's very funny. My friend who told me to drop everything and read it right away said that she found it to be sweet, which I can see. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's so interesting. It's, it's a really great, what does it all mean novel? And it's my first read of the year that I believe has a really great chance at nominations, if not winning the National Book Award. So remember that later at the end of the year. Um, it also has so many content warnings, including drug and alcohol use and abuse, illness and death, loss of a loved one, depression and anxiety, suicidal thoughts and suicide, racism, violence, war, and PTSD. This is Martyr by Kaveh Akbar. Okay, so that sounds amazing. Um, my next pick is Into the Sunken City by Dinesh Thiru. And this one looks really interesting. It is a futuristic, dystopian, sort of end of the world book. And it manage- imagines a future where um, because of climate change and everything, a lot of the country is underwater. And so it is about Jen, who is basically alone in the world. She's just looking after her little sister. Their father has died recently in a diving accident, um, and they're barely making ends meet. But when um, somebody comes through town and says that they know of a massive amount of treasure in Las Vegas um, that they can go and, you know, pull off this heist and go grab, like it'll put them, make them set for life. Um, Jin is skeptical though, um, especially since, um, oh, by the way, Las Vegas is underwater. So this is going to be like a diving underground sort of heist. Um, and it's extremely, extremely dangerous, but um, the payoff is a little bit uh, too good to resist. Um, so there is a large cast of characters, including Jin's ex-boyfriend, um, people where you're like, eh, can I, you know, fully trust you? There's like the ruins of Las Vegas. Um, there's diving, there's like pirates and, and sort of strange and terrifying beasts. Um, there is a lot of really fun stuff going on in this book. So, um, from the description, you probably, you know, guess that this is kind of a play on Treasure Island, which I think is really cool. Um, there are not a ton of Treasure Island retellings out there, although there is one out there by C.B. Lee. The title is escaping me at the moment. Um, and I just think this one sounds amazing. So that is Into the Sunken City by Dinesh Thiru. All right. So those are some books that we have read and enjoyed. Now we're going to talk about some books that we are excited to read. I'm going to kick it off with Broadupsy, which is all one word. Broadupsy by Christina Cook. This is getting great reviews from everyone I know who has read it. It does sound very heavy. It's about a young Jamaican woman. Uh, her much younger brother, who is 12, has died of sickle cell anemia which is also what she lost her mother to over a decade earlier. She is going to return to Jamaica to spread his ashes at places that she remembers from her childhood. And while she's there, she reunites with her estranged sister who helps her. They visit the important spots that they remember. They visit their mother's grave and they talk about their relationship. And the main character also starts to question her identity. Um, You know, She's been away living in Canada for so long. Is she still Jamaican? 
And she also has to think about what being Jamaican and gay means, having been raised with a strict religious background and also being from a country where they will arrest and prosecute people still for being gay. It sounds like an absolute gut punch and also amazing. And it's from Catapult, who I love and trust. So I'm very excited to read it. It's called Brought Up Sea by Christina Cook. Awesome. Um, okay, my next pick is another retelling, strangely enough. Um, it's My Fair Brady by Brian D. Kennedy. And it is a gay twist on My Fair Lady. Um, I love My Fair Lady uh, retellings. So this one is about Wade, who um, is a senior. He's super into theater. Um, he wants to be lead in the spring musical, but he doesn't get it. And even worse, his ex gets it. Um, and he is not at all bitter about that. And then it's also about Elijah, who is a sophomore and he's really shy and he's not going at all. And he joins the stage crew because um, he likes blending into the background. So Wade and Elijah have a run in backstage where Wade realizes that um you know, the reason why his ex dumped him is because his ex thinks that he only cares about himself and that he's too self-involved in his own um, accomplishments. And so he's like, well, I'm going to show my ex. And so he's like, I'm going to teach Elijah how to be popular and outgoing and come out of his shell. And that will show my ex that like, I care more about, you know, just myself. Um, and of course, um, this puts uh, them into awkward positions, lots of shenanigans ensue. Um, it does not go quite the way um, they expected. Um, and it just, it sounds really fun. Um, I really read and enjoyed um, Brian D. Kennedy's debut, A Little Bit Country. Um, so this one just looks really great. Um, so if you like theater, you're looking for um, a gay YA book, um, My Fair Brady by Brian D. Kennedy. All right. And my other pick for today is Dead in Long Beach, California by Vanita Blackburn. This one sounds like another difficult but amazing read. Uh, I'm going to mention some heavy subjects again. It's about a young woman. She's a successful author. Uh, and she is the one at the beginning of the book to find her brother after he dies by suicide. In her grief, she decides to respond to his text as him. It's, in her mind, her way of keeping him alive. But also now other people still think he's alive. You know, so she's fooling them. She's fooling herself. And keeping the lie going is doing harm to her and her mental well-being, as well as that of other people that she is fooling, including her niece. And as she tries to make sense of everything that is happening, she will have to confront the pains of their past. So, oh, sounds heavy. Sounds heavy, but I am all in because it sounds fantastic. It has a shiny metallic red cover and it has a title that sounds like a lost Warren Zevon song. So, I mean, how could I not read this? It is Dead in Long Beach, California by Vanita Blackburn. Ooh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, my I'm gonna like end us on a slightly happier note. Um, <laughs> my final pick is Wildlife by Opal Way, and it is a romance. It is about Zoe, who um, is very driven, she's a scientist, 
Um, what she really wants more than anything is to help find a cure for um, cancer that her sister had. Um, but so she's working on that. She's doing like a lot of study of biology and different plant life. Um, and then, um, she meets Davy and he owns like an entire Island, um, estate. And he is a former famous person. Like he was a child star, um, And he has a lot of money and he wants to turn this island estate into an animal sanctuary. Um, And he also just kind of wants to like disappear. He doesn't want anybody to know about his, his previous fame. Um, So he, he and Zoe meet um, because of Zoe's research and his um, efforts to turn his home into a wildlife sanctuary. And they immediately hit it off, but they're like, "Eh, we're too different. There's no way that this is going to work. Um, Except for when Davy's plan, for a wildlife sanctuary are threatened um, by a, um, I believe it's a developer, um, then they have to work together to, um, you know, figure that out. And also they're totally falling for each other. So I like the premise. I thought that was sounds interesting. I've never, never read a romance novel quite like that. Um, that is Wildlife by Opal Way. Sounds really good. Okay. And now we are going to hear from another sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by William Morrow. I'll be dead in three months. Come tell my story. Imagine someone told you that. That's what Sebastian Trapp, a reclusive mystery novelist, told to his longtime correspondent, Nikki Hunter, an expert in detective fiction. So with only a few months left to live, Trapp invites Nikki to his spectacular San Francisco mansion to help draft his life story, living alongside his beautiful second wife, Diana, his wayward nephew, Freddie, and his protective daughter, Madeline. But soon, Nikki finds herself caught in an irresistible case of real-life detective fever. Make sure to pick up End of Story by New York Times bestselling author A.J. Finn for a book that gives knives out, that gives White Lotus. You'll like this if you like books by Lucy Foley, Nita Prose, and others. So make sure to pick it up, check it out, and thanks again to William Morrow for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by National Geographic Books. The Cave is the incredible memoir of Imani Balur, a young doctor and activist who ran an underground hospital in Damascus, humanizing the enduring crisis in Syria. The only woman to have ever run a wartime hospital in Syria, she saved many from the atrocities of war while having to face the patriarchal conservatism around her. Amani Balor is a game changer. Listen, she will be remembered as one of history's greatest. She's a passionately committed humanitarian, and she is determined to help others escape the horrors that she survived. Make sure to pick up the memoir, The Cave by Amani Balor and Rania Abuzaid for a memoir that expands on the 2019 Oscar-nominated film by the same name, which documents her experience running the hospital, shielding children from horrific sarin attack, losing colleagues, trying to employ more women in the hospital, and eventually leaving and becoming a refugee. So make sure to read about this amazing woman. And thanks again to National Geographic Books for sponsoring this episode. So it's time for paperbacks. I have a few paperbacks to tell you about. Obviously, I just said I was going to talk about paperbacks. I'm all about redundancy today. (laughs) The first one, I'm going to try not to get too excited. 
You've already <laughs> heard me talk about this 800 million times. Here's 800 million and one. Out in paperback today is Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. This is my favorite book of last year. It's the one that I thought would win the National Book Award. I was wrong, but it did make the finals. It's about a future where prisoners are given an opportunity to appear on a reality show. They are paired up and have to fight to the death. The prisoner who makes it to the end of the season gets their freedom. It's an incredible, disturbing look at incarceration in the U.S. with the most amazing use of footnotes, which list all kinds of actual cases in history and current cases involving incarcerated people in America and injustice. You also get to hear from the people protesting the show, and the main characters are two lovers on the show who know that eventually they will have to fight one another. It's so good. I think I have said every word that I possibly could about it. I don't know what else I can say. Um, so it's amazing. Also out today, books that I haven't, a couple books that I haven't read. So I'm very sorry I didn't get as excited about this one. Uh, it's Call Us What We Carry, Poems by Amanda Gorman. You probably know who Amanda Gorman is at this point. She's the breakout young poet who uh, read at the presidential inauguration. Um, her book like hadn't even been published yet, and it was sold out forever and ever and ever. It took like a couple years to come out, I believe, or a year and a half. Um, most recently, sadly, she has been in the news for being removed from Florida schools. This book was removed, um, and you know you can go online and Google it and hear her thoughts on on that. Um, she's so amazing and, and says such eloquent, incredible things. The next one I have read, it's The Chinese Groove by Catherine Ma about a perpetually optimistic young man who is sent by his family in China to live with relatives in the U.S. They think he's going to, you know, become a part of the American dream and make lots of money to send home. Uh, but he gets to... California, I think. I think it's California. I can't remember where in the U.S. he ends up. Um, and things are not like he thought they would be, like his family told him they would be. Uh, and basically, he gets to see the American dream. He was excited to join, just dissipate before his eyes. Enter the Body by Joy McCullough. This was like one of your favorites of the year, too. Oh, right? my gosh. I love this book so much. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, yes. McCullough is amazing. Um, has written several YA novels in verse. This is about the tragic teenage girls of Shakespeare plays who are living in the present day under the stage in a theater. That's a very like broad yeah. definition this of book, it. It's it sort of, it's hard to describe this book and sum it up, but like just if you like Shakespeare, just go into it without knowing too much and like let it sweep you away. It's so good. Awesome. And my last one is Symphony of Secrets by Brendan Slocum. This is the second book from the author of The Violin Conspiracy, also related to music. It's about an expert on a famous 20th century co composer, like built his whole career around knowing everything about this composer, who discovers that the composer may not have written his work alone, kind of shakes his world and everything mm. he knows. So those are paperbacks. What are you going to read next? Um, so I've, you know, not immune to the book talk hype about books, but like normally I'm not like rushing out to, you know, like read the most 
um, popular books, which it makes me kind of sound stuck up. I, I promise I'm not. I'm just, you know, I usually am very much a mood reader and I like to kind of like pick up whatever appeals to me. But lately I've been hearing a lot about um, Divine Rivals. So I picked up um, Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. I picked up a copy from my library and um, there's apparently a waiting list. I did not realize this. So I have to read it quickly if I'm going to read it before it's due back. But yeah, I'm curious about the book. So that is what I will read next so I can read it before it's due. Awesome. I'm going to read Run Towards the Danger, Confrontations with a Body of Memory by Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly, actress, when she was young, she was Ramona on the Canadian television show. That's where I knew her from forever and ever and ever. And then when she started directing as an adult, I was like, wait, isn't that Ramona? And she was also in, I think, Go, I think, with hmm. Timothy Oliphant. Um, but... Uh, and, you know, and most recently, the director of Women Talking, which is an incredible, powerful, amazing movie uh, that I watched recently. Um, last year was like my year of rereading books and series that I had read a long time ago and like back a lot of backlist. This year, I've decided to read books that my friends say, you have to read this immediately. So one of my friends said that this memoir is just amazing. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'll do it. Um, awesome. Because mo- mostly because it's it usually ends up that I have a copy of these things around here somewhere. <laughs> I'm like I have no reason not to. So um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and that is it for us today. We got some recommendations. We talked about Springfield. Uh, possibly you will hear dogs barking because they wanted to be on the show. Um, yeah, so we're done. Uh, you can visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up for Read Harder. That is bookriot.com slash readharder. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brame. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Tell us about your area code. Tell us about how your dog wants to have a podcast. Tell us whatever you want. You can find us online. Tirza, where do you hang out online? Um, mostly these days on Instagram and threads at, at Tirza Press. All right. And I mostly hang out on Instagram at friends and comes alive. If you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us and we love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.